Welcome to Bangalore Revival Center, a church dedicated to loving God and serving people. Here's a word from Pastor Preji that he shared four years back on the topic of identity. Hope this ministers to you today. Do share this podcast to bless someone. The way that I see myself determines how I live. It determines how I behave. It determines uh, my habits. It determines the way that I relate to everybody. Amen? So it's very necessary for us to know who we really are. If we have a very skewed understanding of who we are, then we will not be able to live a fulfilled life. We will not be able to live a, a complete life. Amen? There are three things that are primary. Anybody remember what are those? Uh, we have to be accepted in Christ. We need to be secure in Christ. And we need to feel significant in Christ. Amen. Any child that is born, they need to feel that they are accepted in that family. Amen. And any child that is born, they need to know that they are protected in that family. And any child that is born, they need to know that, that they have a significance. That they have a value in that family. Amen. And that's what Jesus offers us. He offers us acceptance, he offers us security, and he offers us significance. Amen? Let's confess our confessions of acceptance, that Jesus has accepted us. Amen? How has he accepted us? He has accepted us unconditionally. Amen? So because he has accepted us unconditionally, let's believe this and let's declare this out uh, aloud. One, two, three, go. I am a child of God. I am a friend of God, I am justified by God, I am united with Christ, and I am bought with a high price. I am a part of Christ's body, I am chosen and adopted, I am redeemed and forgiven, I am complete in Christ, and I am welcome in His presence. Everybody said an Amen. If you've missed the teaching on any one of these sessions, you can go on YouTube or our podcasts and you can listen to them in detail and, and spend some time studying the same. Uh, then now we've studied, we've started the next uh, facet of this uh, series that is I'm secure in Christ. How are we secure? Uh, Jesus promised this in Romans chapter 8 verse 34, 8 verse 1 that we are free from condemnation. Amen. I am completely free from condemnation. Let's declare that out. I am free from condemnation. That's not enough. Jesus also said that I am assured of a good ending. Why? Because all things, they work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his promises. That's not enough. The Bible also says that I'm never away from his love. What does it say? No heights, nor depths, nor angels, nor demons. Nothing in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus. Amen? And then the last time we studied that I am established, I am anointed, and I am sealed. Anybody remember the memory verses? Only the reference is given on the screen. Anybody remember the verses? We, we, we read through the verses and we, we believe that, that this is who we are, that we are established by God, that we are anointed by God, and that we are sealed by God. Can we declare the verses also together? One, two, three, go. And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Amen. So we are established by God. We are anointed by God and we are sealed by God. Amen. So today we are in the, in the fifth part of this series. We, are, we have taken this from Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 to 4. Uh, what we are studying is that I am hidden with Christ in God. Everybody say this. I am hidden. Once again, I am hidden. Come on, repeat it after me. I am hidden with Christ in God. Amen. Let's, let's read the scriptures and let's see what God is teaching us from the book of Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1 to 4. 
Can we read the scriptures together? One, two, three, go. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. What is the reference? Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. Amen? What does it say? It says that we now live a new life. We've been raised into a new life. And because we have been raised into a new life, we have to set our sights on the realities of heaven. This chapter, it begins by saying that we need to realign our vision. Everybody say, realign your vision. What are the things that you're looking at today? What are the things that you've, you've, you're focused on today? What are the things that you're dreaming about today? What are the things that you're so ambitious about today? God says, hey, you need to realign your vision. Why? Because, because you have a new life. Since you've been raised to a new life with Christ, your old life is gone. In the old life, you could continue to keep your eyes on the money. You could continue to keep your eyes on your friends. You can continue to keep your eyes on the, uh, on the marriage that you're about to enter into. You can continue to keep your eyes on your career, on your business, because there was nothing better to look at. What was, what is, do, tell me the most attractive thing that you found in your life back then. Is there anything that compares to looking at Jesus? Is there anything that compares to looking at the realities of heaven? It's nothing. Absolutely nothing. Amen? That is why God's word is, is telling us to realign our vision. We have to stop looking at the things of this world and we have to start looking at things of above. How do we see things of above? If you close your eyes, do you see a vision? Then how do you see things of above? Come on, give me an answer. Is there anybody in this place who looks at things above? Who sees things that are not of this world? I'll, I'll give you a very simple example. When you read your word, what do you see? You don't see the things of this world. You see a glimpse of what God has prepared for us. You see a glimpse of what God has in store for us right here, right now on the earth. Amen. And, and, and also what he has in store for us in the days to come. Amen. So why, why should we read the Bible regularly? Why should we spend time uh, focusing on, on, the, on, the, on the reading of scriptures on an everyday basis? Why should we do that? It is because when we read the word of God, we get a glimpse into the heart of God for our lives. We get a glimpse into what heaven has in store for us. Amen? So realign your vision. Realign what you're looking at. Amen? Then verse 2. It says, let's read this out. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of the earth. Amen. See, whatever you look at is whatever, what, you, what, we, what will continue to process in your mind. Whatever you are watching 24 hours a day is what will come in your thoughts all through the time. If you're reading the scriptures, if, you're, if, you're, if, if, you're, if you've set your heart eyes on the things of heaven, then when you start thinking, you'll automatically start thinking of things of, of, of above. Right? But if your eyes are set on things of this world, what will you see when you, uh, when you, when you close your eyes, when, you're, when, you, when you want to think something? What are the things that will come in your, in your dreams? What are the things that will flood your thoughts? What are those things? The things of the world. Amen? When Karan used to stay with us, he would, he would sit at dinner tables and, and, and would talk about rotors and all this mechanical stuff that I don't want. I, I, I at times would feel that he's abusing me, but then uh, after some time, oh, no, no, it's not actually bad words. These are, these are mechanical terms that he's using. And uh, he's, trying to, he's trying to recollect everything that he has been studying. You know, why, I, why is it that we don't think of things of heaven today? Because we don't. We're not looking at them anymore. We're not reading them anymore. We are not given into that anymore. 
Amen? And so, the, so God is not only asking you to realign your vision, but God is also asking you to realign your thinking. Everybody say, realign Look your thinking. Look at your neighbor and say, realign your thinking. You have, to, you have to change the way that you think. You have to change the thoughts that you entertain in your mind. And the way that you can do that is by changing the things that you look at constantly. And everybody said an amen. amen. And then Colossians chapter 3 verse 3. What does it say? Let's read this out. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Amen. In fact, the, the later half of this verse is what the entire sermon revolves around. But I want to focus on the fact that we have died to this life. Which means that this life has got nothing to do with who we are right now. Well, what is God's word trying to tell us? God's word is trying to tell us that we have to have a new identity now. We have a new identity. We, we have to realign our identity. We, are, we have died to this life. We have completely dead to this life. So nothing in this life bothers us anymore. You know, when, when, you, when you get a job promotion, it doesn't bother you or excite you too much. When you, when you get a demotion at work, it doesn't bother you, nor does it excite you too much. Why? Because you are dead to this world. You have a new life. You have a new identity. Amen. That is why we are doing this series on identity. So that you know what your identity is. God's word says you have died to this life. Everybody say I have dead. I am died. I have gone. This is my, 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 my uh, you know, preachy work is as the world knows it has died. It's completely dead. Why? Because Jesus has given me a new life today. Amen. And now I am hidden with Christ in God. You know, a while ago I, I explained this to some of you guys who were there for that sermon. Uh, you can actually check it out on YouTube. It says John 14, 20. That when I'm, this is Jesus speaking, by the way. Okay, what does it say? When I am raised to life again, when Jesus is raised to life again, you will know that who is this I in this verse? Jesus, amen. And he says that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. And all those who are confused say an amen. amen. <laughs> it's a confusing verse, but, but if you try to understand what Jesus is trying to say, he's trying to say this, hey, when I am raised to life, I'm going to give you a new life. You will be raised to a new life along with me. And when you are raised to a new life, when you get a new identity, what will happen as a result of that new identity is that you get a, you get a, a, a beautiful privilege. And it is this. Imagine this, okay? How can I explain this to you? This is, this is you, Okay? Now, what does it say? On that day, you will realize that where are you? You are in me. Amen? So this is you. And this is Jesus. And Jesus is saying that you are in me. Okay? So you are inside Jesus. And, and where is Jesus? What does Jesus say? That I am in my Father. It means, okay, now what is inside this? What is inside this? You or me? Me. Okay? So everybody say, I am in there. Okay, so I am in there and this is Jesus. And, and Jesus is inside the Father. Does it make sense? And what is it? It doesn't finish with that. It also says that I am in you. Who is in us today? The Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us today. So, so, so let's say this is the Holy Spirit. Okay? And... Inside, who is the, who is, where is the Holy Spirit? He's inside us. So, so, so first is the Holy Spirit, and who covers the Holy Spirit? You and I, our, our lives, we cover the Holy Spirit. Then who covers us? Jesus covers us. Who covers Jesus? The Father covers us. So, can you imagine how we are covered from the outside and from the inside? Amen. So anybody who sees us from the outside or anybody who tries to see us from the inside, what do they see? They don't see us anymore because now we are hidden. Everybody say, I am hidden. I am hidden. 
Now anybody who tries to access my spirit, they get to access the Holy Spirit. They only see the Holy Spirit because he's the one living on the inside of me. Anybody who tries to access me from the outside, who do they see? They see Jesus because I am in Jesus and Jesus is in the Father. Amen. Anybody who sees Jesus, who do they see? They see, Je- they see the Father. Amen. So we are hidden with Christ in God. Another verse, Matthew chapter 13 verse 44. It says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure. Everybody say I am a treasure. And that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything that he owned to get enough money to buy that land. Sometimes we think that it's, about, it's speaking about us. But can I tell you who actually sold everything, gave up everything that he had to buy you? into his presence it is Jesus who said hey wait a minute this is a treasure and 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 I'm going to give up my everything he gave a price equivalent to the to to buying the whole world to buying the entire treasure he he didn't he didn't just buy that particular piece of land what did he do he paid his with his own blood for the entire humanity so that he can purchase you specifically do you get what God did, God did for you? He, he, and, and, and this is what it did. He, he hid it. He hid us back in himself today. We were hidden in the world. We were hidden in the things of the world. God redeemed us from that. And God hid us in himself now. Amen. And uh, we, we are hidden in him. And, and guess what the Bible says about being, what are the things that are hidden in him? Let's read this together. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Amen. So, so A equal to B, B equal to C, what that means? A equal to C. Right? Uh, uh, God says, in him is hidden you and me and in him is hidden treasures and wisdom and knowledge what does it mean that you are you and I we are the treasure and the wisdom and the knowledge of this world today we are hidden in him in Christ Jesus amen I'll I'll come to the implications of what that means to us in, in a while but I want us to rest assured that you and I are not exposed to the enemy The moment that you believe in Jesus, the moment that you receive Jesus Christ into your life, you're not exposed to enemies' attacks anymore. You are hidden with Christ in God. Amen? You remember that, right? The Holy Spirit inside you, you inside Jesus, and Jesus inside the Father. Amen? Colossians chapter 3 verse 4. It doesn't finish with God just hiding us. The Bible says when Christ who is your life is revealed to the world, you will share in all his glory. God is not just hiding us. God also wants to glorify us. God also wants to bring us out there. Be, make us to be a cause and a, and a reason for a blessing for people. But... This is what the Bible says. It says, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world. You know, another thing that has to happen is that we have to realign our purpose. Our purpose in life today is not to make a lot of money and and be happy. Our purpose in life today is to reveal Christ to the whole world. We think that is the job of the pastor. Trust me, it is not. It is the job of the church You and I, every single one of us, we are called to reveal Christ to the whole world. You know, the Bible in fact says in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, You are the light of the world like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. You know, a light is never. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. All the wise men in this house reply to me, what do you do with, with, with light? You keep it under your beds? Where do you, where do you put your tube lights? Sorry? On the ceiling? Are you sure? It's not, it's not in, the, in the garage, right? 
It's, it's not in a place where people don't see. It's not in a, in a storeroom. You know, the storerooms are the place which are the most dully lit. But your living rooms are the ones that will be the most brightly lit. Why? Because you want everybody to know and see that this is my house. Amen. And that's, that's what God does with us as well. It says he doesn't put us in, in empty places. He, he puts us in places of honor so that people can see what you carry. People can see the light on the inside of you. Amen. When we say that we are hidden with Christ and God, it, is, it means that God is securing us in him. But at the same time, God does not want us to get so comfortable by being hidden in him. God wants us to be, God wants to push us out of our comfort zone to a place where we will realign our purpose. We will find the true purpose, the true calling of our life to such an extent that we will become the light of God. The Bible says in the same way, let you your good deeds shine out for 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 all to see amen so that everybody can praise your heavenly father amen god wants uh, that 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 light inside of you it has to manifest through good deeds through good actions so that everybody can see that everybody can acknowledge that and and, and it doesn't say that they will praise you who will they end up praising? They will praise your Father. They will praise your Heavenly Father. Amen? Now coming back to the topic for this day. From Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3. Uh, the Bible says that I am hidden with Christ and God. I'm going to give you a couple of examples in the Bible of people that were hidden. You know, they were hidden for a reason. They were hidden uh, for a season. They were hidden for a purpose. They were hidden because of a danger. Amen. Sorry. David. David was hidden uh, in caves for uh, a season. There was a reason because King Saul was after his life. Who else? Jesus. Jesus was hidden for the, uh, a season. Uh, they, they asked him to, uh, the, the angel who appeared to him, he was asked to go into the uh, land of Egypt till King Herod dies and only then he returned. And then we have Moses. How many of you know the story of Moses? You know the story of Moses? This is what the Bible says about Moses. About this time, a man and a woman from the tribe of Levi got married. And then the woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that he was a special baby. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you're a special baby. Look at your, look, look at your other neighbor and, and tell them as well that you are a special baby. And the Bible says this is what the parents did. They understood and they recognized that this child is not ordinary. This child is not like the, 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 the common brothers or sisters in Israel. This child is special. And that is why the parents, what did the parents do? They kept him hidden. Why did they have to keep him hidden? Anybody? Because the? Because they were killed. The parents. Sorry? Be all the boys, baby, boy babies were? Ordered to be killed. How? Throw into the Nile. This was the order by Pharaoh. That if you have a boy baby. You have to throw the boy baby into the river Nile. And, you, and if it doesn't happen. Then they will come and they will attack. They will kill the parents. So they tried to hide the baby. There was this danger. They knew this is a special child. They saw that there was a danger. And they kept the baby hidden. Amen. I'll tell you something about God. There were many times throughout the scripture where God did allow his people to be persecuted, where God did allow some of his people to be even killed, you know, but never did they die before the purpose on their life being accomplished. Amen? This guy, Moses, he was born with a purpose. How many of you are born with a purpose? How many of you are on earth because there is a purpose in your life? That is why I told you, you have to realign your purpose. You know, all that I'm preaching about you being hidden in God 
it is not going to work for you if you still your if you if all the purpose in your life is still to you know uh, to reach level 11 on uh, clash of clans nobody understood that it's okay clash of clans is a is a is a, is a, is a is an amazing game which I recently downloaded too. Got really tempted, and, and every now and then I'll get this notification saying somebody is going to raid my house, and I'm like, wait a minute, who is this? I, I, and then I had to delete that app just to just to keep the fear out because you know he'll say somebody's about to raid my camp and my house, and you know sometimes that's that's all that we see and that's all the purpose that we think that we have, but when we see a greater purpose. When we see that my purpose in life is bigger, you can be assured that you will remain protected till that purpose is accomplished. Amen? So why did, why did Moses' parents know that this child is about to be protected? Because they knew that this child is a special baby. This child is special because it has a purpose on its life, on his life. And until the purpose is accomplished, the child will not be harmed. And, and, and I have to prophesy this over your life, over your business, over your marriage, over whatever thing that you're looking at and you're saying this is impossible that it will survive this storm. And I have to tell you this, that if it has a divine purpose on it, it will not die in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It will not be touched. The enemy cannot touch because God has hidden it in himself. Amen. All your dreams, they are secure in God. As long as you, 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 your dreams are for the glory of God. It is hidden in God. Another story from 2 Kings chapter 11. The Bible says when Ataliah the mother of King Ahaziah of Judah learned that her son was dead. She began to destroy the rest of the royal family. But Ahaziah's sister, Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Jehoram, took Ahaziah's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from among the rest of the king's children who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom to hide him away from Ataliah so the child was not murdered. Some of you guys know the story. We are talking about the story of the youngest king in Israel. This guy, this dude became king when he was eight year old. Like at the age of eight, he was ruling an entire nation. One of the most powerful nations in the world. How cool is that? Somebody recognized that this child was special. And who was that? It was, it was the king, king Ahaziah's sister, King Jehoram's daughter, who, who saw this and said, Hey, this child cannot die. This child has a purpose. This child has a, has a reason why he is here. And the Bible says that he remained hidden in the temple of the Lord for six years while Ataliah, she ruled over the land. She was a wicked king. She was a wicked ruler. And while she was ruling over the land, the boy remained hidden in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. You, you, you have no idea what you carry on the inside of you. You know, when you look at a baby, you think that this baby can accomplish nothing. This baby can do nothing. But only God knows what, what God can accomplish through something so fragile, so small. We are thinking, hey, how long do I have to wait before this baby becomes a, becomes a, a fully full adult capable of fighting wars, capable of being a, leading a government? How long do I have to wait? But God says, hey, wait a minute. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not waiting for somebody to get old. I'm, I'm not a respecter of time. I'm not a respecter of people. All that I'm looking for is, is people with purpose on their life. If I can find purpose, I will provide protection. You know, God cannot come and force his purpose on us. We have to dig into his word and say, God, what is the purpose for my life? What do you want me to do with my life? Give me a purpose. Give me a reason to be alive. And when we dig in and when we ask God, God will give us a purpose. And, and every time we, we remain rooted in his purpose for our life, we will remain protected. Amen. We, I mean, think about this. Joash, his brothers and sisters got murdered. Everyone in the family got brutally killed. But he's, he got saved. 
Can you imagine blood all over the house, blood all around him? But he gets protected in the temple of the Lord. Amen? I, I, don't, I don't know who I am speaking to you, speaking to right now, but I have to tell you this. You are protected. You are hidden. There, there, is, there, is a, there is a sense of God's presence around you that he will not allow you to be tempted, to, be, to, to face trials, to face challenges beyond what you can bear. If God has allowed it, it's because God believes that you can bear this challenge that you are facing right now. I want you to believe that. I want you to... To, to, to face your challenges head on. I don't want you to be a coward when you're facing your challenges. I want you to look at your challenges head on and say, this person, this thing, this debt, it cannot harm me. Why? Because I have a great purpose over my life. Amen? Another, another example in the Bible is the, the story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is writing all these amazing prophecies. You know, unlike today, back then, prophets were persecuted. Today, prophets get uh, flights and, you know, they get uh, jets and they get invited by presidents. Back then, it was not the case. They, get, they were the most persecuted people in the world. You know, today, prophets, they get uh, television shows. Back then, they get stones thrown at them. Amen. And this guy has written this amazing prophecy and this king, he's reading it. Okay, very dramatic. He re reads it. Uh, uh, it says, whatever part of the scroll that he read, he will just tear it off and he will throw it into fire. It says in Jeremiah 36 that he was sitting, it was, a, it was winter season and he was sitting in a place when, in the palace where it was very cold and there was fire burning on one side and, and the, the one guy will read out the prophecy, he will tear it out and, and he will throw it. And, and he kept doing it till the entire scroll was burnt away in fire. Then the king commanded his son, Jeremiah, Seraiah son of Azrael and Shelemiah son of Abdil to arrest Baruch. Baruch was the assistant pastor of Jeremiah. He said, arrest the assistant pastor and the senior pastor and let's kill these guys. And what does the Bible say? The Bible says, but the Lord had hidden them. It doesn't say that some people came to protect them and hide them. Who, who hid them? God had hidden them. Even the king of the nation couldn't find a prophet who had no military protection, who had no uh, protection from armed men. He, he was all by himself and, and he and his assistant got protected by God. How? The Bible says God had hidden him. Why am I telling you these examples from the Bible? I'm telling this to tell you that if God has done it before, he can do it again, Richard. He can do it again for you, Ellis. He can do it again for each and every one of us. Speaking about somebody who is, who is just a friend to you. I'm speaking about somebody who, who fashioned you, who created you. The Bible says, oh, oh, Israel, the one who formed you, he says, do not be afraid. Can I tell you something? The greatest weapon the enemy uses against us is fear. It is not, it is not debt. It is not problem in your marriage. It is, not, it is not diseases. It's not cancer. The greatest problem in the church among believers, among children of God is that they are victims of fear. And that is why God is speaking to us, calling us by name. God is calling us, Jacob, Israel, do not be afraid. For I have ransomed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. Now, when you go through deep waters. Do you know how deep is deep waters? Deep waters are very deep. You, you cannot survive there with, a, with, a, with one, one big oxygen tank. You know, you, just to go in and go come up, your oxygen tank will be empty. It says, when you go through deep waters, God doesn't say, I will send my angels and they will make sure that you are safe. What does God say? I will be with you. And when you go through reverse of difficulty, is there anybody who is going through reverse of difficulty this morning? I, 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 I know you might be facing challenges, craziness all around you, but I have, to, I, have, I have news for you. You will not 
drowned. Who is speaking? Who is speaking? Somebody who created you. Somebody who fashioned you in your mother's womb. He carefully knit the inward parts. He made your, your brain, your heart, your kidneys, every organ of your body. He carefully made them in your mother's womb. And he is the one who is speaking this to you. Don't be afraid because when you face deep waters, I will be with you. When you're passing through reverse of difficulty, you shall not drown. And when you walk through the fire of oppression. You know what is fire? You know what is the fire of oppression? The Bible says you will not be burned up. You will not be consumed. The flames will not consume you. Amen? Amen? If only, if only you believe that. I want you to give God 30 seconds of praise right now. One, two, three, start. If you believe that, just praise Him. If you believe that, just worship Him. If you believe that, just thank Him for His protection in your life. If you believe that, just acknowledge His presence in your life. If you believe that, just tell Him, Lord, thank you for being with me when I went through deep waters. Thank you for being with me when I faced the the reverse of difficulty. Thank you for, for not letting the fire of oppression touch me or the flames to consume me. Thank you, Lord, for being with me. Thank you, Lord, for being with me. Thank you, Lord, for being with me. Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout praise Jesus. Somebody say thank you Jesus. Somebody say thank you for being with me daddy. Thank you for creating me daddy. Thank you for forming me daddy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can never be thankful enough for your protection over my life. Yes. You know God's word is very crazy. The Bible says in Luke chapter 21 verse 17... Uh, you know, it's, it's a very contrasting verse, okay? It says, uh, it says, you shall be persecuted all over the world. That's what verse 17 of Luke 21 says. You shall be persecuted because you are my followers. You shall be persecuted all over the world. But, everybody say but. Yes. Not a hair on your head will perish. Who is speaking this? Jesus is speaking. This is in red letter, written in your word. You know, every time, every time my wife sits into the car, she complains that, man, the car is full of my hair. My hair is falling. But guess what Jesus says? He says, not a one strand of hair on your head will perish without my knowledge. I have my hand even upon that, that thin strand of hair that oily, sticky, useless, curled up hair that you don't care about, that you're like, ah, it's fallen, it's gone, I can, I can get new hair. You know, you don't mind selling it to the barber. God says, hey, you know what? It will not perish. They are special to me. Even a hair, it doesn't say the hairs on your head. It says a hair. Everybody say a hair. A hair. Do you know how many hairs do you have on your head? You don't? Are you sure? Some of us can count it, I mean, praise God for them that can count, uh, you, know, you know, but God has, you know, blessed someone, some others, some, uh, some others of us, God has blessed us with hair, amen? And we cannot count that, and God says, he, he, uh, not one hair of, on your head will perish. Let's, let's read what God's word says in Isaiah 51, 16. It says, I have put my words in your mouth and I've hidden you safely in my hand. We, we remember that example sometime back, how God has hidden us in himself, in his son. He has hidden us safely in his hand. What God is saying is, you're, you're not... I mean, you might be living in Bangalore, you might be working in Accenture or Flipkart or one of those amazing companies. You might be living in a palace or a small one BHK or a one single room. It doesn't matter where you are, the, your residence, according to God's word, is his hand. Amen? Your spiritual address, if somebody tells you, where do you live? I live in God's hand. You want to touch me? You'll have to face some opposition, man, because I live inside his hand. Amen? Another verse, Isaiah 49, verse 2. It says, he has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. Everybody says shadow of his hand. You know, he, nobody can touch you uh, uh, in his hand and nobody can touch you even in the shadow of his hand. 
You know, I, I'm just giving you all these promises so you can remember them when you're facing those, those great deep waters and the reverse of difficulty and the, and the fires of oppression. I want you to remember this. I'm, I am hidden in his hand. I'm hidden in the shadow of his hand. You know, the enemy cannot see anything because you're under the shadow. Right? Unless there is light, unless the enemy can see you, he cannot touch you. Amen? But what, what does the Bible say? You're hidden in his shadow. Amen? When you know your purpose, when you know your identity, when you know your, the, the reason that you're alive, when you have realigned your, your vision, when you've realigned your thoughts, when you've realigned your identity and your purpose, you're hidden in the shadow of God's hand. Amen? I'm going to read through Psalm 91. How many of you love Psalm 91? You love Psalm 91? Do you know what is Psalm 91? Psalm 91 is the, one of the best chapters in the whole Bible. We're going to read through this and we're going to declare this out together. Amen? Are we ready to do this? I, I don't want you to give your normal voice. I want you to give your, your highest voice as we declare this out into the atmosphere this morning. Amen? Psalm 91 verse 1. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You know, guess what he's saying? He has a shelter. God has a shelter. God has a home for you. God has a shadow. The shadow of his wings. The shadow of his hands for you. Amen. He, he has a shelter for you. It's, in, it's an open invitation. Hey. When you come, when you live here, you will find rest, you will find protection. Do you want to come? Come into the presence of Jesus. Come under his wings. Come under his shelter. Come under his shadow this morning. You don't have to live out there alone, oppressed and, and fighting the waters and trying to not let the flame touch you. All that you need to do is just remain under his hands this morning. Verse 2, let's go. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. Do you trust him? A hundred percent you trust him. What does the Bible say? He is my refuge. He, if, if I have him, I don't have to worry. I don't have to be afraid of anything else in my life. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Do you believe this? Every trap that the enemy is bringing against your finances. Every trap. You know, the enemy is, a, is, is somebody who plans in advance. You know, when he has sent that credit card into your house, he knows about 13 months from now, you will not have any of your expenses to be met because you're sinking in a credit card debt. He knows. He plans in advance to sink you. And this is what God's word says. Every trap that the enemy has made against your life, against what God has prepared for you he will rescue you from that trap amen God will rescue you from that trap he will protect you from the deadly disease you know today we think that cancer is the only deadly disease can I tell you a greater deadly disease gossiping is a bigger disease than cancer is you know cancer it only affects the body gossiping it affects your soul it affects your mind it affects your spirit you know, the Bible says he will protect you from deadly disease. Amen? Yes, let's be Amen. excited. Verse 4, the Bible says, he will cover you with his feathers. Do you know God has feathers? And he will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Why am I I'm reading so many scriptures of protection over your life this morning? Just to tell you that, hey, when you go through these trials and tribulations and when you face challenges, you cannot tell the enemy, hey, I go to Bangalore Revival Center, you cannot touch me. The enemy will be like, oh, you go to Bangalore. I, I, I know that church. I've been there a lot of times. I, I, can, I can take you down. I know, I know your weakness. I can easily take you down. The Bible doesn't say your church membership are your protection and your armor. Your church attendance is your protection and armor. It doesn't say all the offerings that you gave to God, that is your protection and armor. What does it say? Your, his faithful promises. 
That is why I'm making you repeat the scriptures. Because when you remember the scriptures in the midst of those fires and waters and deep seas, you will automatically remain protected. You will automatically remain covered and sheltered and armored from the attacks of the enemy. Everybody said an amen. amen. This is the only thing that God expects back from you. He says, do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies by the day. There is night seasons and there are day seasons. Night seasons, you cannot see anything. You cannot see what's coming against you. Day seasons, you are aware of what is about to happen in the next couple of months. You are aware of what is about to take place. But the Bible says, whether you are aware about it or you are not aware about it, you do not have a reason to be afraid. Even in ignorance, you don't have to be afraid. Even in knowing that in about three days time, check this out, Peter, he is about to be executed the next morning. Okay, do you guys know the story? Apostle Peter, he got arrested. You know, King Herod, he killed the senior pastor of the church. His name was James. He killed him. He, 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 he cut him with a sword or stabbed him with a sword and he killed him. And he was like, the, all the Jewish people, they were happy. They were celebrating. And he's like, wow, they're happy. Let me do it again. And then he saw that Peter is the next in line. He put Peter in the prison. And he said, tomorrow morning, I will execute Peter. And guess what Peter is doing? Sitting and fasting and praying? Paul and Silas, they had that much decency. They were fasting and praying in the prison. You know what Peter was doing? He was sleeping so deep he was sleeping that when, when God came and woke him up, he didn't wake up. You know, angels of God. Forget about, you know, I, I struggle to wake up my wife when she's in deep sleep. You know, can you imagine how God comes and wake? I mean, I'm sure if an angel shows up, she will, she will definitely give a better response. Uh, but here is Peter sleeping such a deep sleep. That an angel is here to wake him up and take him out of this. And, and he's like, oh, I think I'm dreaming. And, and he's sleeping and he's still walking. And once he's out of the, and out of the city is when he realizes, man, I'm actually awake. I'm I actually out of... This guy was not afraid of the fact that he's going to die the next morning. How many of you can sleep in peace if you hear a news that you're about to get arrested and you're about to be killed in the next few hours. Will you be able to sleep in peace? You know, I, I can't sleep in peace when I have to preach a sermon next morning. Forget about getting killed next morning. I mean, we, we are so constantly plagued by all these negative ideas in our eyes, in our mind. And the Bible says there are the terrors that, that, that come in the night without your knowledge. And there are the arrows that fly in the day. Do not be afraid of them. Do not worry. Do not let it, let it cause fear in your mind. Do not let it cause problems. You have to remain uh, confident that God is on your side. Amen. And it says, do not fear and do not dread. Let's read this out. Do not dread the diseases that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Do not dread it. Do not be afraid of them, the Bible says. Do not, do not be worried. Do not let it cause panic in your mind. You know, when, when there are all these diseases that, that comes out in the newspapers, we go on an immediate fasting and prayer mode saying, God, protect my children and protect my family. Hey, we don't have to do that because all that we need to do is remember God's promises. We need to just believe that the, His promises are our armor and our protection. What does the Bible say? Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that, that strikes at midday. Tomorrow there is a great news that the whole world is about to end. What do we do? We still come to church. Amen. We still worship God. We still have our routine uh, morning conflicts and afternoon lunch and evening dinner. We don't do anything different. Why? Because we, are not, we do not dread the disease that stalks in the night or the terror or the disaster that comes in the middle of the day. Amen. Let's read this out together. Though a thousand fall at your side and ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. 
Can you imagine you are the sole survivor among 10,000? The newspaper says one, uh, the, the 10,000, uh, the 9,999 uh, uh, 9, people out of every 10,000 people are dying. And you're like, yeah, the, the other one is me. Because uh, the Bible says thousands will fall and 10,000 are dying around me. But these evils, they will not touch me. Do you believe that? If yes, say an amen. amen. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. Everything wicked that are trying to arrest you, that are trying to, uh, that are trying to bring you down. Let it be cancer. Cancer is wicked today. Amen. Uh, all any financial oppression, financial debt, it is a wicked. Pornography, it is wicked. Any any deadly diseases of gossiping, all of these things are wicked. Open your eyes. The Bible says, open your eyes realign your vision and see how the wicked are punished by God how everything that is not of God is getting is getting punished by God amen today you and I we are the greatest victors the greatest conquerors in this land that when we stand up cancers have to die that when we stand up the, the diseases of AIDS have to realign itself and start making new immunity amen why? Because you and I, we are children of the Most High God. Amen. Just open your eyes. Everybody say, open your eyes. Open your eyes, open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Lord the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. You believe that? If you make the Lord your shelter, if you make him your refuge, no evil, no, no plague will come near you. Amen. For this, it is an active process. It's, it's, not, it's not saying, oh, I know Psalm 91. I, I go to church regularly. I'm, uh, uh, you know, that's arrogance. I'm not asking you about that. I'm talking about you, you, you know, remaining under God's protection. You know, you cannot, you cannot live outside of God's presence and expect to be protected and expect to be uh, covered and expect to be, you know, uh, the, in a place where uh, no evil and no plague will come near you. You have to remain under his shelter. You have to remain under his refuge. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. I will do that. I will do that. Yeah. 91 verse 11, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You know, somebody quoted this verse to Jesus saying, hey, Jesus, jump off the building, man. The angels, they will come and they will protect you. You know, the devil believed this scripture. The, you know, we at times don't believe this, but the devils, they believe, they know, they can see the angels that are around you. They can see the divine protection around you. And they believe that God protects you. I was listening to the conversation of this uh, guy who's, who's saved from a uh, Satan-worshipping background. And he was saying, hey, I, we could never go near a believer because he would be covered in fire. He would have his angels all around him. Amen. You and I, we have ministering angels according to Hebrews 1 verse 14. They are sent to serve those who are saved, those who have experienced salvation. Today, this, the job of the angels according to Hebrews 1 14 is not, is not like the ones in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, the job of the angels is to, is to serve you, is to take care of you, is to meet your needs. So when you have a challenge, you can tell your angels, angels, go prepare for this. Angels, go do this for me. Angels, go arrange for my passport. Angels, go arrange for my house. And, 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 and angels, go prepare for my business opportunities that, that has to happen. Angels, go. I'm, I'm not willing to let my, my feet hurt in this business deal. So angels, go and, and protect my business deals. Amen. You have, the, you have the right to pray that. You have the right to expect that. Not only that, it says you will trample upon lions and cobras and you will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. Do you believe that? 
I mean, we are, uh, we are scared of cockroaches, Pastor. We, uh, how will we manage serpents and lions? Trust me, you have, you have no idea who lives on the inside of you. Do you know who lives on the inside of you? The Holy Spirit, the same power that rose Jesus from the dead. It lives on the inside of you today. And now you're hidden in God. You're hidden in Christ. And if you're hidden in Christ, you have the ability to trample upon lions and cobras. To trample upon every attack of the enemy against your life. You have the power to do that. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. This is important. This is why you cannot be careless about worship. This is why we are as a church passionate about our worship for God. Why? Because the Lord says, I will protect all who come to church. No, I will protect those who love me. Those who trust in my name. What do we do in worship? What do we do? You know, sometimes I've heard people say, oh, I'm silently standing and worshiping God. Trust me. If, if, if there is worship on the inside, it will come outside. Does it, does it make sense? Does it make sense? If there is no worship on the inside, it will not come out. Like for example, uh, uh, when, a, when a pressure cooker is on fire, when the pressure builds up, it starts making noise. When there is no pressure, when, there is, when it is not on fire, you can wait for three, four days and it is not going to make any noise. It will be silently meditating. Hmm. And silently meditating, you know. I, I've seen people lift their hands. I'll be like, hmm. You know, that's all, that's how much I love God. That is how much I trust in God. Hey, do you really trust in God? Do you, I, I, I want us as a church to become expressive in our worship for God. I want as a church to become excited when the Bible says, the Lord is my refuge and strength. I will love him. I will, I will declare my trust in him. I want you to become shameless in your confession of your faith. Shameless. Not bother about what the person in the front or the back or the sides will think. They'll think I'm crazy. Let them think you're crazy. There's somebody who knows how much you love him. And this is what he is preparing to do. He is preparing to rescue those who love him. He's preparing to protect those who trust in his name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Is there anybody who is willing to worship this morning? Yes. It says, when they call on me, who are these people? These are the people who love him, who trust in his name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. And I will reward them with a long life. And I will give them my salvation. And everybody said an amen. Amen. One of the biggest prayer requests that we get in our church is that I want long life. Trust me, God has already given it to you. All that you need to do is worship Him. All that you need to do is love Him. All that you need to do is trust in His name. How easy is it to do that? How easy is it to do that? I mean, most of us, we trust the, the, the pilot of a, of a plane that takes us even though we don't know the person. Right? We don't know the person. We don't know what is his intentions. We don't know where he comes from. We don't know if he's fighting, if he fought with his wife today and he's in a bad mood today. We don't know if he's, if he, if, you know, uh, if he has a suicidal tendency. We don't have any idea, but we trust the guy, right? Yes or no? Do you go and do a background verification of the pilot before you board the plane? No, you don't. See, you don't have any idea of this pilot and you trust him. Here is Jesus. He's giving you all his promises. He's telling you what he has done for you in the past. And he's telling you what he will do for you in the days to come. And we find it so difficult to trust him. He, he's our lover. And, and, and the reason he loves to hide us is because, because he, you know, you know how, how boyfriends are possessive of their girlfriends? They, they don't want to show them off to the whole world. They, they want to protect them. They want to, uh, you know, you know not, not let all the men see her. You know, they don't want everybody to know who is the, the chick. And this, that's what God does. Why, why is Karan smiling at, at somebody else? The Bible says, this is Jesus speaking over the church. You are my private garden, my treasure, my bride, a secluded spring, a hidden fountain. You are special to God. God says, I have hidden you. You are special to me. You are my bride, so I have hidden you. 
You're, you've kept secluded. You've kept private. You're only for me. Amen? Amen. Do you know, do you know anything that is special? If you are special, God will hide you. Amen? If you are special, God will consider you as, uh, as his private person, as his private, uh, uh, as, as somebody who is, who is his treasure, his bride. Amen? And every single one of us in this place are special because we are called by God. We are anointed. We have a purpose on our life. We have a new vision and we have a new thought life and now we have a new identity and now we have a new purpose and because we are like this, the Bible says he has, we are his private garden. We are his treasure. We are his bride. A secluded spring and a, and a, and a hidden fountain. Amen. How many of you believe that you're hidden with Christ and God? Let's declare this out. We're going we're gonna to confess this out three times. One, two, three, go. For I have died to this life and now I am hidden with Christ in God. Again, for I have died to this life and now I am hidden with Christ in God. Again, now I have died to this life and now I am hidden with Christ in God. You and I, we are hidden by God. I will hide myself in Jesus. He is our protector. He, he is our everything. Amen. Close your eyes for a minute. Let me pray for you. Father, I speak over every person who is afraid, every person who is scared. And I declare this upon their life. I, I speak this upon their life that, that these faithful promises by God will overwhelm them, Lord. It will overwhelm them. In this season, they will know your protection over their life. They will know your, your plan for them, Lord. They will know what you have in, in store for them, God. Every fear that the enemy is causing in their hearts and their minds, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. Every fear of bankruptcy, every fear of, of going into a debt, every fear of diseases, every fear of, of your ministry not taking off, every fear of the fact that your family will never, never be a success, every fear that the enemy is putting into your spirit, I cancel it in the name of Jesus. And I pray that there will be a divine trust in, in the name of Jesus. There will be a divine trust in the person of Jesus that will just overwhelm your children, Lord. Thank you for downloading today's sermon. We hope this ministered to you and your family today. Connect with us at dreamingrevival.com and you are welcome to join in to any of our Sunday celebration service at 11 a.m. or you can tune in to our live stream at youtube.com slash God bless you and have a blessed week.